Hey, this is former Blue Devil alignment Matt Skura. You're listening to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. Go Duke, go ACC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week seven. How you doing? You ready to make some picks? I mean, I count week zero as a real week. Now that's like tough for some people, right? I count week zero as a real week of college football, so we're two months in. This is sickening. It is taking a lot of effort to not make a nerdy indexing from zero joke over here, but I will avoid mm-hmm. it. I will pass and I will let you just, you know, keep that where it is. So yeah, yep. uh, two months into the season. Uh, very good, Mike. Uh, we have a, a loaded slate of five week, five games this week. Um, a lot of bye weeks going on, and if I'm not mistaken, everyone that's playing, it's all just conference games. So we've got 10 teams in action against each other. Um, we are going to roll through those picks. Before we do, Mike, obviously, we got to start with some housekeeping here. Uh, first of all, thanks to those watching on YouTube right now. Hello. Welcome. Uh, if you're not, we w- you know we appreciate those who do, but hey, you know, listen to us however you get us. We, we really appreciate those uh, who are listening and for your support. Um Go find us on YouTube at the ACC Football Podcast if you haven't already. Uh, hit that subscribe button, especially if you're watching on YouTube right now, uh, watching the feed after the fact. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, not that anyone's not watching this live, so if, obviously everyone's watching it after the fact. But, um, yeah, we're doing great. We're midseason, and we're just you know talking about stuff. So hit great the subscribe job. button, yep. hit the bell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, We would appreciate that. You'll be uh, notified whenever we got shows, especially going live. We've been going live a lot Saturday nights. This year, you would have gotten a chance this past weekend to go live with us like moments after the end of the Georgia Tech Miami debacle, uh, which was really a, a fun time for all involved. So stunning. Yeah, absolutely. So hit the, hit the subscribe button, hit the like. We really appreciate those who do. We are getting really close to our goal of having 250 subscribers this fall. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support there. I have nothing to add. I agree with all that. Wonderful. Yep. Uh, Mike, before we get into this week's picks, should we look at last week's picks and see how that went? Yes, please. Producer Scott has some thoughts on how that went. I have a two-word thought for you. You think? Bad luck. Jesus, Joe. Bad beat. We're going to say that my picks were bad when Army was leading by three until, you know, 30 seconds left in that game. And when Marshall could have covered the six and a half if they had gone for two, like you're supposed to when you're down 14 and you score a touchdown. And Florida State wins by 22 when Virginia Tech runs a kickoff back for a touchdown. And all I'm saying is I was due for a bad week, and I caught some bad luck in several of these picks. That uh, This could have easily gone the other way, Mike. Just just be aware of that. I will say the, the one that we both – well, there were two, actually, that we both got wrong that we're both – uh, we were both just really on the wrong side of. That would be Clemson, and that would be Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson won by five because their offense didn't get off the bus. Notre Dame lost. But Notre Dame, quite honestly, is fortunate they didn't lose by more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got that ass beat. So, yeah, we were really wrong there. Yeah, and as you'll see with the two locks on Clemson, and we also had a show bet with the over in Georgia Tech-Miami, we are down three units last week on the old podcast betting account. And it might be time this – is, this is about the time in the casino where I am thinking about quitting while I'm ahead and uh, not, not losing any more because it has not been a profitable start to the uh, show bets segment here this season. We're very fortunate that I locked up NC State. Mm-hmm. Never That's in true. doubt, baby. That's true. <laughs> Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Not not even, yeah, not even once. Um, yeah, Q's plus eight didn't go so great on your end either, by the way, for what that's worth. <laughs> so gross, dude. <laughs> that that one was really bad. Yeah. Yeah, not ideal. No. I mean, it was, what, 40 to seven? Here's the thing, Mike. You have never seen a podcaster pick harder than I will pick for the rest of this season. Um God bless. There's a there's a Tebow speech God I was going bless. for there. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I got it right away. Yeah, <laughs> eye black and everything. All right, I we got to get it wearing, right. I think he was wearing a Braves hat too, if I remember correctly. Uh, it could have, could have been. Yeah. The, this uh, is about yeah. the All Coast Conference, not the All Catholic Conference. Please move along. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, there's not a chance that Cal and Stanford are joining the All-Catholic Conference. That's oh, there it is. There it is. That was <laughs> right on the money. Don't tell Boston College it's not the All-Catholic Conference. Uh, definitely don't tell Notre Dame. Definitely, yeah. Definitely don't tell Notre Dame. <laughs> Mike, we got five games. Let's jump in. As with uh, always this season, we've been just going through these in chronological order. As we said, five games, 10 ACC teams. It is just five conference matchups for this week. With the exception of last week, of course, when we just talked about Marshall first. Right, right, yeah, yeah, because, you know, we just kind of went rogue and there's no rules. Yeah. It's the ACC, who cares? Uh, <laughs> on that note, noon on a- ABC, the Syracuse Orange on the road at the number four Florida State Seminoles. Knowles, a 17-and-a-half-point home favorite total is 56 points. 17-and-a-half uh, feels like a lot. I'm I'm starting to get some, uh, some trust issues here with Florida State, Mike. I... As we said on the recap, it's like this team seems like they will they'll check in at the start of the game, then they'll check out, and they'll check back in, and then they'll check back out. Like they they don't show consistent effort for 60 minutes if they don't really have to. And that's what makes me nervous laying this many points with the Knolls. Yeah, Syracuse has one way to move the ball, and that's basically run it with Garrett Schrader and then throw it now and then with Garrett Schrader. That's how they move the ball. One, one way to move the ball or just like one person to move the ball? Yeah, because... well, I mean, yeah, dealer's choice. So <laughs> that's what they do. Florida State gave up 200 yards to Virginia Tech last week on almost five and a half yards per carry, I believe it was. Uh, not great for the Seminoles, by the way. Not ideal. Not the best showing. No, not not the greatest showing. Against an offense, is still trying to figure it out a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason why I bring that up is because Florida State, like you mentioned, has a propensity to just kind of roll the helmets out there. And mm-hmm. I do think it's going to bite them in the ass at some point. I don't know if this week is the week, but I'm definitely not saying it's not the week either because mm-hmm. Florida State's got a decently large game with Duke. Now, I'm not sure if Florida State is going to be in a look-ahead spot to Duke, but if there were any year to look ahead to Duke, this would probably be it, especially if Riley Leonard's going to be in the lineup for that game a week from Saturday. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I say all of that is because I'm not sure Florida State is going to consistently shut down Garrett Schrader here. And I'm not saying Florida State's going to lose this game, but I do think Syracuse is going to cover. Uh, Give me the orange plus a 17 and a half. Uh, I'm going to abstain on locking it up. I thought about it, (laughs) but I like Syracuse here. Yeah, I like Syracuse plus a 17 and a half. Florida State is... uh, they don't like to cover large spreads this season, yeah. it seems like. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Florida State's got the talent advantage here. I, I think over four quarters, they kind of pull away and win. But I do think this is a game where Syracuse can keep it competitive. This is a – yeah, this is a big game for Syracuse. We we talked about, you know, they had the, the three-game stretch in the middle of their schedule, Clemson, North Carolina, and then Florida State. And and it was all about getting getting through that, and particularly just staying healthy. Um I, they have a bye week next week for what that's worth. Sometimes there's a little bit of a, a look-ahead effect when you're just like, just get me out of here. Let me get to the bye week and, and regroup a little bit. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think for picks purposes, I think I'm with you on this. Give me Syracuse and the points and make you know, think that they can keep this close. And again, some trust issues with Florida State and just like can they – can they reliably get separation here? And I mean, they're, they're like two really good quarters away from winning this game, like 52 to 17 or something like that. Right. Like just totally blowing the doors off of Syracuse and running away with it. Uh, but it's just a question, especially a nooner in, you know, it's in Tallahassee, which helps, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Give me Syracuse in the points. I think they cover here. I, I don't think that they win. Uh, I don't think I it wouldn't be the most stunning thing I've ever seen if Syracuse won this game. Yeah. Um, it's it's not as bad as, like, having the ball with, like, less than 40 seconds left and the opponent doesn't have any timeouts and then, like, you know, fumbling because you didn't decide to take a knee. Like, that's that's really bad. But Yeah, that's oddly specific as well. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't think that's ever happened. So, you know, next time it does. Yeah. it. De- I'll tell you what, it definitely hasn't happened this week yet. <laughs> it hasn't happened in the last four days. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, yeah, Syracuse and the points. And 56, uh, eh, eh, I'll leave it alone. 
yeah, that's going to be a stay away on the total for me. But this mm-hmm. is not the best matchup for Florida State. Like, <laughs> Florida State's offense going up against the Syracuse defense that's been pretty decent at stopping the run. And mm-hmm. when we've seen Florida State get in a position where, like, they absolutely have to throw this year, it's basically been Keon Coleman or bust, which mm-hmm. is a storyline I want to monitor because nobody's really talking about it, but it really has kind of been Keon Coleman or bust. Which I feel like once you get get you know go up against stiffer competition later in the year, where you know Florida State wants to get to where they want to go, I think they're going to have to start throwing the ball to somebody other than Keon Coleman. Like Johnny Wilson is an option. Uh, mm-hmm. He got a little banged up last week, right? He's an option for sure, but he's not. Uh, let's put it nicely. He's not consistent in uh, looking the ball all the way in and bringing no, it yeah. to his chest. He'll have some dumb drops. That's for sure. Real dumb. Real dumb drops. And, uh, yeah, Keon Coleman doesn't have many of those, but, you know, if he's well covered, you're going to have to figure out a way. And I don't know if force feeding Johnny Wilson is the recipe against better competition. So mm-hmm. not saying that affects him this Saturday, but it's just something to monitor. And I do think Syracuse could have the juice to maybe slow down Trey Benson. I think if that's the case, this game could get interesting. The one thing I'm monitoring with Florida State here, by the way, is I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a call it a Daboism here. Where oh. his, and and hear me out, hear me out. Historically, when Clemson has been at its best, it does not seem like early in the season they are really lighting everybody up. Um, it was it was kind of more of a slow build to where you get into no- November and they are hitting on all cylinders, but September didn't always look super great. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of that going on here, where Florida State is kind of just going through the motions a little bit and you know they'll start building more towards miami and florida there in in november and then obviously they'll be favored to be in the uh the acc championship game hopefully make a playoff berth you know kind of situations so maybe some of that is going on as well but yeah just worth monitoring and, and again do we trust them to uh to cover 17 and a half here against a pretty uh pretty good and uh little bit of a spicy syracuse team or are they reverse dabbling? <laughs> are they putting their bet this season, notwithstanding, of course, but are they putting their bet in regard to the dabbo thing? Are they just putting their best stuff out there early in the year and slowly regressing through the season? It could be. It could yeah. be. Guess we'll find out at noon on ABC. <laughs> I guess so. This is the week, I guess. Syracuse plus 17 and a half for the both of us. No play on the total. Let's move on. 3.30 on the ACC Network. The Wake Forest Steam and Deeks on the road in Blacksburg taking on your Virginia Tech Hokies, Mike. Total is 48. Hang on. Virginia Tech is a one-and-a-half point favorite in this game? Started as a three-point dog. Does, oh, oh man. So we got some, uh, some line movement here. I do. Does this tell me more about what we think about Virginia Tech or more about what we think about Wake Forest? Because oh, oh. I, I, you know, I think Virginia Tech is probably still a little bit better off with Kyron Drones at quarterback, mm-hmm. but I still don't know how good they are. Like, still mm-hmm. not particularly good. Yeah, I feel like the opinion of Wake Forest has been falling. Basically, they 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 started what was it three four zero? They lost to Georgia Tech. It wasn't pretty, and uh, it's then they you know they get held to twelve points by Clemson. I mean, it's it's. Feels like things are going downhill a little bit in Winston-Salem for this year. Yeah, Mitch Griffiths has not been very good. Um, he has a QBR that's worse than uh, Pittsburgh's quarterback, turn tight end, turn backup quarterback, Phil Dracovic. We'll get so, there. Yeah, we will. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Mitch Griffiths, definitive step down from Sam Hartman. Uh, Virginia Tech, lock it up. Ooh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Yeah, I think the Hokies win this game by like a touchdown in Blacksburg. Here's mm. the thing. Here's the thing. Like Wake Forest rushing the football. Like the concern here is about Virginia Tech's ability to stop the run. Um, Wake is a very similar team on both sides of the football to Pittsburgh. Very similar. I think they're a little bit better coached, but Mitch Griffiths has not been very good. He's turning the ball over a good bit. Um, he's got five interceptions this year to nine touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not running the ball with any sort of like serious consistency. Now, you know, Virginia Tech's rushing defense could be kind of a 
the thing that heals them, so to speak. But a cure for the common offense. A, a cure for the right. But uh, this is a spot where, like, I I like what Virginia Tech has been doing offensively the last few weeks. Now, this this was you know this past Saturday they only scored ten offensive points against a Florida State team that had them outgunned on both sides of the ball, obviously. But I liked the way it's been schemed up for Kyron Drones, right? And this is three out of the last four weeks, I've really liked the play calling. I liked the play calling against Rutgers for Kyron Drones in his first start. I hated it against Marshall. We talked about that. Really liked it against Pittsburgh, and I liked it again against Florida State. Now, th- this is more of a litmus test for the current version of Virginia Tech and that this is a game, a 50-50 toss-up type game where you know, these are the types of games going into the year where, you know, you really determine if Virginia Tech's making any sort of improvement in their rebuild. Mm-hmm. Hokies obviously failed a couple of those early tests in September. Uh, Purdue game, real weird. Uh, Rutgers, you dig yourself into a hole, you dig yourself out of it, right? Marshall, just ugly all around. But then... You know, the pit game happens, and we're going to find out pretty quickly here if the pit game was the anomaly or if that was kind of like the start of Virginia Tech starting to find themselves offensively a bit in some of these games against similar caliber of competition. Virginia Tech's defense is bad in the linebacking core. Uh, they've been kind of mediocre up front all year. The secondary is good. I'm not sure Wake Forest has the athletes offensively this year to really test Virginia Tech in the secondary. And I'm not sure their rushing game is good enough to really expose Virginia Tech in ways that other teams have been able to expose them. I just don't think Wake Forest has the athletes at running back to really, really hurt Virginia Tech the way that Rutgers did, the way that Rashina Lee did with Marshall, the way obviously Trey Benson did with 200 yards last week. Uh, I, I think... Wake Forest is lacking explosiveness in their running game, similar to how Pittsburgh is. And I think it's a better matchup for Virginia Tech with a defense that's obviously flawed in the linebacking core, something they're going to have to address in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So I like the Hokies here because I like the way the offense is trending. And I think defensively, this is not the worst matchup in terms of Virginia Tech's issues with stopping the run. And Wake Forest, I would say, lack of elite running backs. <laughs> I think this this makes this a little bit better matchup for Virginia Tech. So I like the Hokies here at home. Seems to be trending in that direction. Opened it for Virginia Tech plus three. I would have hammered it. I like it a little bit less at one and a half, but I do think this is a game that the Hokies could win by a touchdown. So give me Virginia Tech. I like the under as well here. Um, I just don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring. Something like maybe, uh, I don't know, 24-17, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would get you there on both counts. I'm with you. Virginia Tech in the under here. Um, I think that so the thing that I think the Georgia Tech game really showed me about Wake Forest is when that offensive line goes up against a reasonably formidable defensive line, they're really having a hard time this year. And, And Georgia Tech's defensive line, Clemson's defensive line that we've seen so far have kind of blown up that running game the last couple games for Wake Forest. Um, probably something that we didn't hit on nearly enough on the recap. Uh, I don't remember. I was kind of distracted. But, I mean, Wake Forest in that game last week, 39 carries for 102 yards. Like, averaging less than three yards per carry as a team. That includes four sacks they had on Mitch Griffiths, eight tackles for loss. Um, like, Wake was not able to do a whole lot. They were not able to really get anything going. Um you mentioned the, the missing talent at running back. I think maybe even the bigger missing talent is Donovan Green. Uh, yeah. Who's uh, yeah. Missing for the year no and, and hurt. Like having a guy like that would really be a big deal because it at least forces defenses to back off a little bit. And, and right now it's like the best thing you have going in the receiving core is Jamal Banks, who I, I think he's fine. But he's like a good player. If, yeah. But if that's the best you've got, he's not full on like strike fear into the heart of opposing defensive coordinators. Right. So. Um, I think with that being said, I, I do think Virginia Tech can uh, can limit the run game here. Uh, that defensive line, I think, will be good enough to cause some issues for the Wake Forest front and and really disrupt that running game. As you mentioned, I mean, Miss, Mitch Griffiths has not been good. I don't I don't trust him to to play very well in a situation like this, especially on the road in Blacksburg. Um, I I also can't ignore this line movement. 
if this is opening yeah. is you know Virginia Tech is a field goal underdog, and at this point now on Tuesday we record this Tuesday night, they're a favorite. I I can't ignore that. So now, yeah, I'm landing with the Hokies. I'll take the under. I I, I agree with you. I kind of think this is low scoring, maybe something like a twenty one seventeen, you know, something like that. Yeah, something's off with this Wake Forest team, man. They're they're not what they have been the last few years. I, I think quarterback is probably part of it. Uh, I think missing your top receiver all year is probably part of it. Just, yeah, just a bit of a down year for what we've come to expect from Dave Clawson and that program in Winston-Salem. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm, like, down on them in future years, but for now, it's it's not going great. Yeah, this is a, a pretty significant game looking at Wake Forest's schedule. Pretty significant game for Team and Deacon's bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously pretty significant for Virginia Tech's outside chances of making one as well. So yeah. We're on bowl game watch here, really for Wake Forest and you know, Virginia Tech trying to dig themselves out of a hole. Yeah. They need to go three and four down the stretch to make a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And uh three of their seven remaining games are against currently ranked teams. So yeah. that's not not ideal for not the ideal. way things have been going. No. All right, Virginia Tech and the under for the both of us and Mike, you've got Virginia Tech minus one and a half locked up. Uh, we're starting to get into a pattern here of I, I'm just going to get to the end of the show and then figure out what I want to lock up because nothing sticks good. out to me. <laughs> that sounds good to me. And also, we're starting to get on a little bit of a roll here. With, well, I guess last week notwithstanding, but two out of the last three weeks, we've both been in agreement on Virginia Tech, which makes me a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that does it for noon and for 3.30. We got three more games. They're all on the night slate, of course, because why would we dare spread these things out throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole day for easy viewing and consumption? Uh, Mike, before we get to the night slate, it is brought to you by Section103.com, the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. They have T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, something for men, women, children, something for the whole family. Go find everything you need there. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Uh, I, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you'll notice that I'm not wearing my section 103. That's because I was wearing it earlier and mm-hmm. my, uh, my one-year-old noticed how soft and high quality it looked and re- decided she needed to reach out and t- check on it for herself. Problem is this was during dinner and her hands had like barbecue sauce and stuff all over them. So, uh, yeah, that oh. shirt is now heading to the laundry. So. Oh, well, that's, that's interesting because I was wearing the, uh, Georgia tech section 103 shirt to, uh, my son's immunology appointment this morning mm-hmm. and, uh, he decided that he was going to pee all over mine. So <laughs> similar. Well, a shirt that soft, Mike must be very absorbent. So it, it, it was. You know, serves its I, purpose. It, yes, it was. Okay. And, uh, shout out Steven for putting, uh, the Virginia tape across where georgia said you know so it was like kind of like sean glennon jersey from years ago so i appreciate that that was awesome yeah use promo code GOACC for 10 percent off your first order at section 103.com shout out to steven really appreciate his partnership uh, it's been a lot of fun um hopefully you got 17 percent off your order on sunday after uh, georgia tech beat number 17 miami on saturday so go make sure you're following them on social media as you'll find out about deals that they're running on uh, various things as the season continues to progress uh and by the way make sure you go hit uh, either you know Haynes King, Dante Smith, Zach Pyron. Uh, they've all got jerseys there with numbers and names and that helps support them from an NIL stand- standpoint. So anything you need for the Georgia Tech fan in your life, go find it on section103.com. And once again, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Yeah, uh, I do appreciate that Stephen just tweets out from the, from the account, the section 103 account. He's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, if the Jackets win today, 17% off. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, we're really rooting for a win now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. One day we'll have to find out what happens if uh, the Jackets beat, like, the number two team. Like, because I don't know if 2% off feels like the right celebration there. We got to figure right. out. But figure that's a problem. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, when uh, yeah. Georgia Tech is actually competing against the number two team in the country. Steven's a smart guy. He'll figure something out. I mean, they had a lead on number one Georgia like 25 minutes in the game last year anyways never mind one percent off one percent off <laughs> big celebration yeah uh let's just get these other sponsorships out of the way as well not out of the way we love our sponsorships love our partnerships of course so uh, let me rephrase that uh we're also uh sponsored by homefield apparel uh use the promo code goacc at checkout on homefieldapparel.com 15 percent off your first order vintage blue chip collegiate apparel Every ACC team, except Stanford, as Scott likes to say, uh, really comfortable clothing, 
uh, we own uh, some pieces of clothing from mm-hmm. Home Field Apparel. Uh, love their sponsorship, love their partnership uh, back on board this college football season. So we appreciate them. We're also sponsored by Vivid Seats. Use the promo code BCPOD20 for $20 off your first order. $200 or more at VividSeats.com. Going to see the Jackets. Obviously not this weekend. They're off. Uh, Going to see the Hokies this Saturday at Lane Stadium against Wake Forest. Use that promo code if you do not have tickets yet. Going to see any ACC game this weekend or any game across college football. Use promo code BCPOD20. $20 off your first order of $200 or more at VividSeats.com. Really helps us, by the way, if you use the link that you're going to see in the description of this video, the description of our podcast episode, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, our Twitter, you see a link there. So uh, that definitely helps us if you use that link in that promo code. So sure go check that out. If you're going to see playoff baseball, not a chance you're getting in there for under 200 bucks. So right. uh, might as well get yourself 20 bucks off. Use BC Pod 20 with vividseats.com and using that link in our description. Definitely. Mike, it's 6.30 on the CW. Okay, we're moving stuff on the the CW around. Yeah, we are, It's been a 2 o'clock game. For live golf. (sighs) Wonderful. Yes. Uh, Golf, but louder, Joey. (laughs) Is that that the word we're using? No, God! No, God, please, no! There it is. What the fuck is happening here? I haven't had a chance to use that button all year. I just needed to use it at some uh, point. Fire away. 6.30 p.m. on the CW, uh, noted, noted ACC football channel, the CW, uh, right after One Tree Hill, actually, I believe. Uh, number 14, Louisville, on the road oh. in Pittsburgh. <laughs> at the, the venue formerly known as Heinz Field, and that's really just what we're going to call it. Uh, they're taking on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Louisville, a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite here. Total is 46. Uh, Mike, there is news that has come out of the pit program in the last week. And then there was some conflicting news that came out after that. So Pittsburgh starting quarterback is now Christian. Veyu. 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 Phil Dracovic going into the bye week, obviously coming off of the loss of Virginia Tech. Uh, There were some rumors. It was Noah, Noah Hiles. Sounds right. Yeah. I think it was Noah Hiles, uh, Pittsburgh beat writer tweeted out that Phil Dracovic was working at tight end, sources told him, right? Which was interesting because an earlier report from Noah, which was uh, confirmed by a lot of people, was that Phil Dracovic had lost his starting quarterback job to Christian Veyu, and Veyu would be the starter going into this Louisville game coming off the bye, which made a lot of sense. Dracovic's looked terrible this year. You're going into a bye week more time to prepare the backup uh, for his new starting role the rest of the season. That made a lot of sense. Dracovic running routes at tight end was interesting because that indicates to me two things. Number one, his NFL future as a starting quarterback, probably not great, right? Mm -hmm. His NFL future as a tight end, well, is that something that he could have gotten some information on from scouts in the past? Makes you wonder. Also interesting in the comments from Pat Narduzzi in his press conference this week, confirming that Christian Veyu was the starter, also confirming that Phil Dracovic would just be a quarterback. He'd be the backup to Veyu. Saying, no, he's not working at tight end. Which right. Was, sure. But then but then when I believe it was Noah or another reporter just asked Narduzzi straight up, well, was he working at tight end last week at practice? And Narduzzi said something along the lines of, I don't remember. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Liar. You liar. Could you come up with a worse answer? Uh, Dude, what is going on? Narduzzi's right been now. watching too many press conferences of Mario Cristobal, I guess. <laughs> oh, imagine, man. imagine. So imagine, first of all, imagine you're Phil Dracovic and saying things aren't going great at quarterback and raising your hand and saying, I want to be a pass catcher for Pittsburgh right now. Hand up. <laughs> All right. That's a strange conclusion to come to, number one. Number two, I do want to point out that I believe it was in the group chat that uh, that you pointed out that, man, like Virginia Tech beat him so bad they made him change positions. It feels good. It and I believe my reply was alternately, man, I lost to Virginia Tech. I can't do this at all. Like, <laughs> depends two on your perspective ways. here. However you want to do this. Two different ways to skin a cat, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what? 
Louisville just beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, Louisville is undefeated. They are a top 15 team playing a Pittsburgh team that does not look like they have much in the way of a pulse. Right. Why is this game inside of 10 points? You this said something stinks. You said something earlier in regard to Syracuse, right? That mm-hmm. Syracuse has kind of a mini bye week, right? They they have a bye week and then they have Virginia Tech on the following Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um how teams kind of I want to say mail it in, but they can sometimes look ahead to a bye week, especially after they've gone through, I don't know, a more challenging stretch of the schedule. This is about, and this is also making me realize this is a massive letdown spot for Louisville. a gigantic. I, yeah, give me give me Pitt plus seven and a half here. No, no. Yeah, we're we're do, we're doing this. Pitt plus seven and a half <laughs> with Christian Veiu, first time starting quarterback, really, like on a full time basis. Man. Yeah, we're doing this here. I look. Louisville's coming off of a couple of tougher games, right? They played NC State on a Friday night. They had to come back from two scores down. First of all, it was a short week. Second of all, they they had to come back from two scores down on the road in Raleigh. Like, not the the (laughs) easiest environment to uh, perform that endeavor. And then they host Notre Dame. In a gigantic game under the lights at Louisville. Biggest game of Brom's early tenure here at Louisville. And Louisville wins a game where they really just beat that ass, right? Mm-hmm. They really took Notre Dame to the woodshed in the second half. Jawar Jordan ran all over him. Louisville's defensive line overwhelmed a very good Notre Dame offensive line. I know Notre Dame was dealing with injuries like we talked about, but that's to take nothing away from what Louisville did to Notre Dame all night long. They completely negated Sam Hartman in the passing game uh, for the Irish. It was an emphatic win. A huge win going away, left no doubt. Mm -hmm. Now you got to play a bad Pittsburgh team on the road at 630 on the CW before (laughs) a bye week? Right after One Tree Hill? Right at, yeah. Like Joey's going to have to rip the remote out of Lucy's hand (laughs) to put this game on, right? Because Lucy, noted one-year-old, is going to be watching One Tree Hill. It's like, no, they're not playing the OC tonight. This is <laughs> this is a college football game. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this game's coming on right after, like, Pretty Little Liars or something. Smallville or yeah. whatever. Smallville. <laughs> uh, we, we, can, we can continue this. Seventh Heaven, if you will. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, Early 2000s I was gonna teen say, drama shows. Talk... Talk dirty to me. <laughs> Female shows on the CW. Anyway, what's the channel? This guys being dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Just remembering well some dudes and/or some shows. Well done. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. G- give me Pitt for all those reasons. I. I can't. I can't justifiably pick Pittsburgh for football reasons. So it's going to have to really just be all the other reasons I mentioned. This isn't a very. This on paper. This is not a great matchup for Pittsburgh, right? Like, Mm-mm. they got to run the ball against the Louisville front. That's been really good. They got to throw the ball against the Louisville secondary. It's been really good. Um, Louisville's offense, I will say, has not been great throwing the football. So, mm-hmm. if Pittsburgh can find ways to uh, stymie Jawar Jordan a little bit here, maybe there's a path to ugling this up. I think that's what Vegas is kind of banking on along with all the external factors I mentioned. Louisville's the better team here. They should win. I would consider throwing some money line uh, action on Pitt, though, here. This is one of those games I think that could get really weird. Under game for me, by the way. I'm going to go under the 46 here. I do like that. This would be ACC as hell for Louisville. ACC as hell. ACC as hell. Yeah. Uh, I like Pitt plus a seven and a half here, and I like under 46. Give me Louisville to win narrowly, but I would consider a Pittsburgh money line bet if you're a sick bastard, which I know a lot of you listening and watching are. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think I'm with you, Mike. Um, We're agreeing the, a lot. I give me, like give me, this. give me the yeah, give me the points of Pittsburgh. Give me the under. First, first of all, I think if you're taking the points of Pitt, it has to be the under. Has um, to be. Yeah. First of all, second of all, I, 
again, there's like no football reasons here that that I think Pitt keeps this close. Like I, I think Louisville has Pitt outplayed in almost every phase of the game. Like I have been so underwhelmed with Pittsburgh and what we've seen so far this year. Um, I, there is not a whole lot of anything. It feels like they've really been doing well. Um, I will say this this line opened up at Louisville minus nine and has come down. Which once again, if we're uh, if we're, we're using that as a strategy, you know, keep that in mind. I will say that SP Plus likes Louisville by eight and a half. So mm-hmm. SP Plus saying there's about a point of value there on on Louisville. Um. Yeah, I, I think Louisville is the better team on any you know on any given day. Like yeah, you know, any you look at their pass offense, rush offense, pass defense, rush defense. Like I, I you know I think Louisville is better than Pitt right now. But do I expect a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year olds to get fired up to go play? You know, uh, you know, take the place of the OC on a Saturday night on the CW and before a guaranteed few days off to go. It'll be yeah, twenty five percent full to go talk to girls like you would on the OC. That's right. That's right. We're going on spring break, baby. Um, right. Yeah, this just this just feels like something. This is this is this is a letdown spot. Huge letdown spot, and. We'll see if Jeff Brom can can keep these guys up and motivated. Yeah, as a Louisville fan, I hope they can. I and and I, you know, nothing would make me happier than for Louisville to win this game by twenty four points. And it's a it's an easy easy roll, and you're you're going into the bye week seven and zero, maybe you know, probably borderline top ten team at that point. Um, yeah, if you if you blow the doors off of Pittsburgh, but I'm kind of with you, feeling like this is going to be. Something ugly and uncomfortable, Louisville, like 21-17, uh, 24-21, something like that. And Pitt just finds a way to – 21 dear God, that would barely be under. Yeah, Pitt just finds a way to kind of muddy this up and, uh, and, yeah. and keep it close. And, you know, a couple turnovers or special teams weirdness or something happens yeah. that uh, gets involved here. So we shall is, see. Is Pittsburgh the defense to expose Jack Plummer? I think in a lot of years I would say yes, but this year I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know that they've got it on the front or the back. Like, so I, I'm interested to see, like, if Pittsburgh does stop Jawar Jordan here or at least slow him down and this turns into a Jack Plummer game, is he going to make the throws on the road here against a Pittsburgh defense that is known for playing better at home? I don't know, man. So that's my question with Louisville, right? Because I don't think Louisville, for as good as Louisville looked last week, Jack Plummer didn't have to do anything. They no, ran not much. They ran all over Notre Dame, and he didn't make a ton of mistakes or anything like that. You know, he was fine, but like they ran all over Notre Dame and then just destroyed them up front and mm-hmm. rendered the offense meaningless. That's a fine formula. Yeah, but if Louisville is going to be like a top ten team. They're going to have to prove they can do it in the passing game at some point versus right. like, and, and not that they've been totally incompetent. plumber has been fine, but like when you're forced to make the big time throws, can he make them? And I don't know okay. if this is the week that they get exposed, but that's something I'm still kind of wondering about Louisville. I mean, our ACC player of the week last week was Jawar Jordan, right? Who racked up mm-hmm. 120 yards and two or three touchdowns on the ground. Mm-hmm. The week before that guy was 16 to 32, you know, 16 for 32 for nothing. Right. And yeah, I mean, again, I feel like I'm being very clear about where I feel about Jack Plummer. Like he's, he's just a guy, man. Like, yeah. you know, if, if, if you're going to rely on his arm to win a lot of games, you're not going to win them all. And Mm-mm. you know, he, he's going to lose you a couple games and he's, he's only so good. Um, yeah. Great bridge quarterback. I mean, perfect yeah. for a situation where you're not taking over a rebuild. It's kind of like a ready-made roster. You just kind of need a veteran quarterback. Yeah, this is I mean he's a good one to have knows mm-hmm. the system all that, but we've got a guy like not... Pierce Clarkson coming in, you know, highly talented guy. Give him a year to sit on the bench, you know, get up to speed with the speed of the game at this level, get familiar with the system, get a lot of reps in practice, maybe coming in garbage time at the end of games a couple times. Like, yeah, it's 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 a really nice luxury having a guy like Jack Plummer that you can play in year one under a new coach who already kind of knows the system and, and gets it. But, yeah, we also have to realize that he's 
he's limited a little bit. Yeah. There, there is a limitation yeah. to what he's capable of. So yeah, for sure. In any case, Pitt and the under for the both of us. And I'm staring down the barrel of having to lock something up and I'm still working on it over here. Uh, let's move on, Mike. 7.30 on ABC, the number 25 Miami Hurricanes on the road at the number 12 North Carolina Tar Heels. Mike, North Carolina has looked really good this year. Mm-hmm. Miami coming off of, well, you know, North Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite here. Does that tell us something? Speaking of lines that stink a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so... We're coming off of a really good Drake May game. Mm-hmm. Really good. One of the best. One of the best. He may need to have another one here. Mm-hmm. I don't know Did if Carolina's... Tez Walker on this podcast, by the way? Oh, uh, <laughs> he's eligible. Tez Walker's eligible. Yeah, surprise. I think that was after the preview last week. We found that out. Yeah, he's eligible. Um, just total miscarriage. Of, I don't want to call it miscarriage of justice because that's not really what it was. Just, uh, just a bungling by the NCAA. Yeah, the whole. Uh, well, if they had just submitted all the right documentation up front, like Bubba coming Cunningham coming back, being like, "Dude, we didn't submit anything since the last time we talked about this." Like y'all are just making stuff up to try to act like you're on your high horse here. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. yeah, we we finally got there. We got to the right place. Yeah, I did appreciate the Bubba Cunningham. Like, hey NCAA, why don't you just bite me? Which. <laughs> I appreciated that. Uh, There's a line from Cartman yeah. that I will uh, avoid. Yeah, let's let's avoid that. Here. Avoid that for now. It would not be the worst thing we've ever said on this podcast, so <laughs> no, so I just want to no, put that out there. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if Carolina's going to be able to run on Miami here. It's a valid concern. Yeah, Miami's rush defense, real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Real good. And we can have a discussion about, okay, like how many really good rushing teams have they played? They've stopped every one they've played. They're at, they're, I mean, they're only giving up 58 yards per game on the ground. Mm-hmm. Carolina can has had the propensity to run the football. They've been trying to establish the run. Jim Lindsay offense, more balanced, less Drake May, more of like get the running game going, then open things up for Drake May. Pretty clear last week that May is still that dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, still made the throws that he needed to make in that Syracuse game because Syracuse, by the way, Syracuse can slow down the run as well. And so Carolina just said, all right, we'll just throw all over you then, which is fine. That might be Florida state's formula on Saturday. Right. Um, I think that Miami's loss against Georgia tech, kind of take a step back, look at how it happened. Right. We talked about, you know, Georgia tech in the recap, put themselves in a great position, forced three turnovers. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke overall this year had done a pretty decent job of taking care of the football. Uh, he's only got four interceptions all year. Three of them came last week. He's been pretty good at taking care of the football. It's pretty easy to, you know, show your work as to how Georgia Tech kept themselves in that football game, right? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately won on dumb coaching. Mm-hmm. This is a game where I think Miami slows down the run against North Carolina. And I think the Hurricanes have a chance here to get some pressure on the quarterback, Drake May, and make Carolina's offense really have to work for it in this game. I like the matchup for Miami's offense as long as Van Dyke takes care of the football. Like, this is one of those things where didn't look great last week turned it over three times. I mean, you do that, you're going to lose to Carolina going away. Like you can't be turning the football over and giving that offense multiple opportunities. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason why the line is the way it is, is because I think there's probably some overreaction to the Miami loss last week. And then I think in addition to that, when you take a step back, you kind of look at this matchup. It looks pretty good for Miami, Joey on paper. Looks pretty good for the Hurricanes here. Uh, I'm going to take Miami plus the three and a half. I would not be surprised if the Hurricanes won this game outright on the road. It's a lot to ask. It's been a tough week. You gave a game away you shouldn't have. Miami should be sitting here five and zero. Oh. They're not. They're four and one. You've been reading all all week about how terrible your coach is in game. A lot of it true. Mm-hmm. But. 
that's also bulletin board material. Miami's been good all year. Like, this is a good football team. They've looked good all year. They turned the ball over a bunch last week and did not have their best game. I don't even want to say they didn't have their best game defensively because they played pretty good defense against Georgia Tech for the majority of that game. They yeah. simply just did not play very well offensively. Yeah. Take care of the football here. There's certainly a path. Carolina has made their hay running the football. Yeah, you know, a lot of people haven't watched Carolina this year, but that's how they've been making their hay offensively. He's been running the ball. Amari Hampton has been a little bit of a, a revelation. Hampton's real good. He's mm-hmm. real good. Yeah, no doubt. I like Miami plus a three and a half. Would not be surprised if they won this game outright. I'm going to stay away from the total here because I do think it could get pointsy with these two offenses. But this is a this is more about Tyler Van Dyke for me than it is about Drake May. Tyler Van Dyke takes care of the football. Miami's defense plays the way it has all year. I think Miami's going to have an excellent chance to win this football game on Saturday. So give me Miami plus three and a half here. I, I agree with basically everything you just said. Um, That's, this is not good. I mean, this is every game so far. For, first of all, leaving the total alone here because I, yeah. I could see this game ending in the 40s. I could see it ending in the 70s. Um, yeah. And, the, you know, totals 57, just no thanks. Um, give me Miami on the field. I, I think they win the game. Yeah. Uh, I and I, And it's mostly just, you know, I'll say this. SP Plus here favors North Carolina by two. I mean, this is the number 17 and number 18 team in the country by SP plus. Um, so it's basically the difference here is just uh, home field advantage for, you know, UNC, if you're looking at the handicap here, but I I'm with you on just thinking about Miami, having heard how bad things were all week and, and all this, I, I just tend to think that this program that Mario Cristobal is running, I, in what, what we've seen from year one to year two I don't think that what we're now going to see is this Miami team once again be mentally weak and just fold and quit on the season because they lost a dumb game last week. Um, I think they're going to come back out, and and I, I do think it's close and it's competitive, but I'm, I'm also with you, Mike. I think this is – you've got two pretty high-profile quarterbacks here, two fairly high-efficiency high, you know, high efficiency offenses. I think this game is about the defenses. And, and Yep. And I do think that North Carolina's defense has been better this year than in recent years. Um, I think Miami's defense is is also actually really good, and, yeah. and and especially in their secondary. And I think that's a big deal going up against Drake May and those receivers. Yep. Is I think they've got the guys to cover them. Mm-hmm. And so I think Miami tries to get some, uh, you know, try to uh, clear their name here or try to you know get some revenge or you know whatever it is. I think Miami wins this on the field. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at all of my picks so far, and the, the whole thing is just gross. I, you know, I, <laughs> I feel so weird with all of them, but um, I just, it just feels like it would be so appropriate for Miami to be just totally embarrassed last week with the way that that game ended, and to turn around, and go on the road against a top 15 team that's you know feeling themselves. Been a little bit of talk about you know. Well, Florida State, North Carolina, and Louisville, none of them play each other. What if they're all undefeated? Then who goes yeah. to Charlotte? You know, all that. Right. What if they're not undefeated? Yeah. What if Miami I mean, takes care of that for them? You know? I mean, I think Miami's a top 15 team in the country. I think they might be. Yeah. I Miami, just, outright. Yeah. Just caution people not to overreact to last Saturday. Maybe we'll eat crow on this on the recap. But, yeah, man, I think this is a, a pretty good matchup for Miami if Van Dyke takes care of the football. I'll say this, too. I think either team could win this game by 10 points. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, You know, I would not, you know, of course, North Carolina could win and cover here. But from a pick standpoint, I'll just take Miami outright. I think that's yeah. the way to go. There you go. All right. Miami plus the three and a half for us both, and I got them outright. So. Have Great primetime game, man. Great primetime Saturday night game for the yeah. ACC this weekend. Yeah, the ACC, five games, two of them on ABC. That's uh, that's pretty good. And this is a, a really nice, like you're saying, a nice Saturday night headliner kind of situation. Yep. Um, I'll have it on like the third screen while the Braves are on the first two screens, I'm sure. So, yep. Twice. Eight o'clock on the ACC network. Final game, Mike. The NC State Wolfpack on the road in Durham taking on the number 17 Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Duke, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total is 46-and-a-half. Um, <laughs> Pass? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pass. 
if if I wasn't doing a podcast, I would not have even like looked at this game twice from a, a handicapping standpoint. There no. are so many variables going on right now with NC State, you know, game two with MJ Morris. Uh, there were a couple moments that Brandon Armstrong got in there and that didn't go very well last week. So, you know, is that just a short yardage package situation or is there something else there? I don't know. Is Riley Leonard playing? We don't know. There was, you know, there was an assumption a week ago. It was like, well, absolutely not. He's not playing. But then there were a couple of comments, I think, by Mike Elko either yesterday or today. It's like, well, yeah, he's kind of day to day at this point. He's been progressing well. It's like, yeah, tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I do not know. I, I cannot recommend that you uh, actually place American currency on this game. I don't even I don't even want to pick this. So this is also a spot too where like look ahead for Duke. <laughs> Duke's going to Tallahassee next Saturday. So look ahead there. Plus you don't know if Riley Leonard's playing. Plus MJ Morris looked awful last week. NC State's got a quarterback issue. They have a defense that you know might be game, might not be kind of depends on the week Mm -hmm. like we saw nc state really look good against louisville then we saw them literally and figuratively the bed against marshall they look terrible couldn't stop them at all the entire game giving up 44 points to marshall is a choice buddy Mm -hmm. that is you have to really decide that you're going to do that like that's marshall's offense is not awful but it's not 44 points good either like that was that was bad by nc state last week yeah i have no idea about this. I guess I'm just going to take Duke minus three and a half at home and just not even touch the total just for purposes of this podcast. I would be surprised if it's Riley Leonard this week. I think they're going to rest him up for Florida State. That would be my guess. Um, this is a you big have game. him available as like a break glass in case of emergency situation at halftime where. Right. You know, they, they come back out from the locker room and it's like, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin music as Riley Leonard goes into the game to start the second half or something I like think that. Duke, I think Duke is probably pretty hopeful here that they're just going to run their stuff, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they'll find a way with Henry Boleyn, the fourth at quarterback, <laughs> a freshman. Um, yeah, man, I mean... If you're going to have to use your your freshman backup, I guess at home would be the place to do it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, NC State, this is a pretty big game just in general. Like, Duke-NC State is a big game every year. So that's the other part of this. Like, it's easy for us to sit here and be like, yeah, rest Riley Leonard for Florida State. It's also not like Duke is playing Virginia this week. <laughs> like, NC yeah. State is not great, but they're like one of those teams that's kind of in the middle of the ACC that I think any given week could give a team a really hard time depending on what team shows up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot of this is going to be depending on what version of NC State we see and who and who Duke trots out a quarterback. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even... This is This is one of the first times I can remember where I don't even want to pick it. But Give me Duke, I guess. SP Plus has Duke by 9.6. Yeah, I mean. By a lot. That's assumption of Leonard. Yeah, that's that's, it doesn't account for Riley Leonard maybe not playing. Right. Um, It it accounts for all the stuff that he has played so far and, you know, other preseason stuff, you know. So it's, it's keep that in mind. I think I'm with you. Give me. Once again, we agree on literally every pick so far tonight. Yeah, uh, give me Duke minus the three and a half, and man, that's a that's a bit of a rough hook. Um, there's a chance that comes back to bite me. But um, what I will say is that okay, sure, we're changing quarterbacks. Um, but if there's one term that we would use to describe Duke, and it's not the one that I actually always go to here, uh, it's not the aggressively competent one. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a you know a simpler version of that. It's they're well coached. They're well coached. So if Duke puts in their backup quarterback, do I do I expect that he's going to look like he's just completely and totally lost, you know, and doesn't know what to do? No. Do I think that they're going to call a game plan that the backup quarterback cannot execute? No. 
I, I think that Duke is good enough on defense. I think they've got enough guys on offense that know what they're doing that they will be able to set up a backup quarterback to succeed in whatever that means, by the way, against a very good NC State defense, I think. Um, so that's that's the other kind of component of this is that you're going up against one of the better defenses in the ACC huh. in this matchup. Which that is not, a you know, sentence. That is a sentence after last week, but I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, that, that was a that was a weird game last week, but yeah, yeah, I'll take Duke minus the three and a half. Um, would not be surprised if this is like once again like twenty four twenty one or something where mm-hmm. it's like a three point game and the hook kills me, yeah. but. Um, I think that they will be able to survive on coaching and uh, and win this game as a you know full twenty two you know put the, the the eleven on offense the eleven on defense. I think they will be good enough to be better than what NC State is right now, and I and I think there's something to be said too for you know especially Mike Elko, man Mike Elko going up against um, somewhat against Robert and I, but really trying to put a defense on the field against MJ Morris. This is not a guy that uh, that you want your freshman quarterback playing against his defense. Like, I 100% believe that Mike Elko can do some stuff to really mess with MJ Morris's head in this game. Yeah. And really have him unconfident on some of the throws he's making, decisions he's yeah. having to make, that kind of thing. So, I, I just, yeah, I think I think Duke can get this done, but it might be uh, might be a little dicey. We'll see. Yeah, I guess you mentioned that SP Plus favors Duke by nine and a half. Mm-hmm. How many points do you personally believe that Riley Leonard is worth? I mean, from everything I've learned about, um, you know, gambling, handicapping, and everything, even in college, even the quarterback is only ever, you know, maybe worth like three points or something like that. And that's yeah. like really pushing it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Probably a field goal's worth. Yeah, so you call it, you know, more like six and a half, which, you know, again, SP Plus would agree, uh, laying them with Duke. But, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. And, again, we've been talking about Duke quarterback Riley Leonard as, like, a top two to three round pick in the draft next year. Like, he's that good. And he's gotten a lot of really good press, and there's a reason for that. Um, But, again, it's uh, it's a team sport. Half the plays, he's not even on the field, even if he is healthy. So, you know, there's, there's a lot more to this than just Riley Leonard not playing. And I think if we really, really believe in the Duke coaching staff, which I do, then I think I ride with that. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think it's the way to go. That's why we're both going to pick Duke. Yep. And uh, I'm also with you of just no thanks on the total. Could. That's, that's a pretty good number, I think, 46.5. Again, I, I could see it ending 10 points below or above that or even more. And just nothing would surprise me here. I have nope. no sense of it. <sighs> Mike, I haven't locked up anything. Lock yet. something up, you coward. I have to. Uh, give me under 48 in w- Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. I'll lock that up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah, that's a good Gross. pick. That, I hate that's it. a good pick. That's a good pick. I think <laughs> this is not going to be a a heavy week on the uh, the actual uh, the, the card going to the window. It's it's not going to be. I like some of these ACC lines. I think a little bit more than you do. There, there's a number of these that I think if you're willing to to hold your nose a little bit, you might be uh, willing to jump in on them because yeah. Again, Virginia Tech is a favorite at this point. Is a little bit iffy. Uh, you know, stinky line in Pittsburgh. We're both with the Panthers, but like, don't don't know how we feel about that. Um, Miami, North Carolina feels like you know it's you're more like at the roulette wheel of just you know red or black. Like, who knows? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This, this is I don't have a good sense for like almost any of these games of like, oh yeah, definitely pick this. I don't I think that. Well, obviously Duke, NC State, I'm going to throw that one away. But I think the one I feel least confident in is probably Florida State, Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Honestly. the only double-digit spread on the board. <laughs> yeah. That's the one I probably feel least uh, least comfortable with. Mm-hmm. The line movement in Virginia Tech is interesting. Pitt, <laughs> seven and a half. Come on. 
And then that Miami UNC line, I think, is a good one. <laughs> Quite honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think I almost just want to take the value on Miami just because I think the public is fading him so hard. I just feel like this is a a week to remember. They're actually pretty good. <laughs> so over under one and a half of these spreads end up on winners on uh sports center with scott van pelt over how many we're gonna get we're gonna get two of them we're gonna get two of them only two i i could see three yeah maybe three i i think uh i bet vt wake makes it on winners i bet uh i bet pitt and louisville makes it on winners and then i think there's an outside shot of miami unc i agree I agree. Five games. I could. I could see all three of those being on winners. Those are the three. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm partially working on the assumption that he would take the three sides that we took, but nothing, nothing would ever actually shock me with what Scott's willing to uh, take. Not not producer Scott. Scott Van Pelt on the. Yeah, yeah. SVP is a sick bastard on winners. <laughs> he makes some ridiculous, like ridiculous pick, like no shame. Yeah. In some of the lines he picks. No shame. Just to, like, just to be clear to everyone, I'm also a sick bastard, and we'll be picking <laughs> some sick things this weekend. Some of those include Florida State minus 17 and a half. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, don't get the wrong idea about producer Scott. He's pretty sick, too. So, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I don't care. I'm a sicko. Hey, there hey, it is. There it is. Makes an experience. Um, Mike, I have bad news for you. Okay. No. No. Bowling Greens on the road, <laughs> taking on the Buffalo Bulls uh, at three thirty on ESPN Plus. Check your local listings. Uh, Buffalo is a four and a half point favorite at home. I mean, what what do we do, Mike? What do we do? Nobody circles the wagons, <laughs> as Chris Berman would say, like the what? Buffalo Bulls. Oh, I was gonna say like Scott Leffler or <laughs> give me Bowling Green though. Really? You give me want Bowling the, Green. You want four and a half points with Bowling Buffalo, Green. I don't think Buffalo is that good. Give me Bowling Green. You know who I know is not that good? <laughs> Bowling Green. That would be Bowling Green. Give me Buffalo. I don't care. Don't care. Okay. I felt much more confident in fading Bowling Green last week than I do picking it this week for what it's worth. I will not be betting this game, unlike last week, where yeah. I made it very clear I was betting Miami, Ohio. I'm not touching it's, this one. It's one thing to fade Bowling Green. It's another thing to bet on Buffalo. So, yeah, be be very careful doing that. <laughs> yeah. Either, either one. I mean, it's a sicko's pick if you're betting this game this weekend. That's right. That's right. Maybe uh, Mike, what's locks. the total there? What's the total there? Sorry. Ooh, uh, 46 and a half. Under, 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 under. 14th, which is still Saturday. So, wow, we're not we're not doing midweek maxion yet. How about that? Unders in the 40s, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, you've got Virginia Tech minus one and a half at home against Wake Forest locked up. I've got under 48 in that game locked up. And those are our locks for the week. As we said, a lot of real, uh, real funky lines, and uh, not in love with any of them. So, proceed with caution. I would recommend, or just lean into them. Yeah, just steer into it where it stinks. Yeah. We steered into every single line we thought was fishy, mm-hmm. which always works out well. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, Mike. That's all I got. Anything else on week seven before we uh, work on getting out of here? think we're all set are we doing uh saturday night fever this week i'm down okay i got nothing else going on we will do it i assume the kids will be asleep by then i hope to god (laughs) uh yeah i mean i'm I'm good for uh saturday night fever so come join us on youtube.com slash at the acc football podcast uh once again hit the subscribe button hit the bell icon and that'll let you know when we are going live as these games start to wrap up saturday night uh, we will see if the Braves and Phillies make it to game five, and I am just a complete and total emotional wreck by that point. It's it's entirely on the table. There's a reason we're doing this on Tuesday, not on Monday or Wednesday, because, you know, that's just setting me up for failure, uh, which, you know, anyways. And we're also setting Scott up for success here. Right. The, uh... That's right. That's right. So come join us Saturday Night Fever, uh, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast, and we will uh, talk about the games right as they wrap up. 
um, you can join in the conversation. We have got a great community we're forming in the comments. Uh, I'm assuming if you've listened to the recaps after the fact and you haven't been here yet, you've heard some references to those. So uh, come join us there. And boy, have there been some comments. <laughs> People are starting to get a little bit comfortable with each other, which is when you, know, you get some really uh, some real good heater jokes going in there that uh, we aren't allowed to say on the air. That's that's uh -huh. when it gets really fun. So yeah, come join us there. Uh, we're on Twitter. I'm at FGRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI together at BC podcast ACC. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on all the good places you go find your podcasts after the fact. If you're not watching us on YouTube, uh, we, you can send us emails with questions, comments, concerns, to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, Mike, where else on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference, rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Instagram at BC Podcast ACC, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Subscribe, mm -hmm. subscribe, subscribe. Please do. Please do. Mike, oh, also, also, we haven't gotten a rating uh, and a review on iTunes in a while. Specifically okay. a review. We, we've gotten a lot of ratings. We need, we need more reviews. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if, if they're funny, we'll read them on the air. Yeah, we we've done that before. Yeah, for sure. And rate on uh, Spotify too. Yeah, please rate us on Spotify as well. Just five star ratings. That's what we want. So uh the hosts are definitely void of professionalism. That's what I'm told. That's what I'm told. That's and uh, told us. I, I will not refute that. I think that is probably pretty spot on, frankly. Shout out Brian Smith. <laughs> um Shout out real quick, by the way. We did get a review about six weeks ago from a user account called Miami Stinks. Uh, and it says, quality improvement over the last couple of years. Fun pod with good banter and insight on all the programs in the ACC. Good to see their personal investment in the product that has improved since sounding like a dishwasher was running or a 1990s phone call. Keep it up. He's been that with is, us since the beginning. That's the most spot-on review I think I've ever read for this podcast. So if you think you can do better than that, please, uh, please hit us up on iTunes. Been with us since the beginning. <laughs> True OG. Yeah, Joey. Joey's still soaking wet from that first episode. I'm not talking about in one of those sick, disgusting ways. I'm talking about he was literally scuba diving. I was uh, I was sitting on the beach, like full on in the tide. Basically, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, scuba here. Yeah. Mike, on that note, that's all I got on week seven. Anything else? I think we're good. We should Maybe. leave now. You want Let's... to uh, go watch some games and come back and do Saturday Night Fever recap? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, for that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, for producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again very soon. Come join us for Saturday Night Fever. Until then, go Braves and go ACC.